Shabbat Shalom. This week's parasha is entitled Vayeshev, meaning and he dwelt, covering Genesis chapters 37 through 40. This is the account of Jacob's son Joseph, the firstborn son of Rachel. Jacob favored Joseph the most of all his sons and made him a garment of many colors, which made his brothers jealous. Later, Joseph told his brothers of two dreams he had had, in which all his family bowed down to him, which angered them even more. Jacob sent Joseph to check on his brothers, who were tending his flock in Shechem. Joseph set out, and when he arrived there, a man found Joseph wandering in the field and asked, What are you looking for? Joseph replied, He was looking for his brothers, who were tending their flocks. The man said that they had moved on to Dothan, so Joseph moved on. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming from a distance, they plotted to kill him. Then they said, they said to one another, Oh look, the dreamer is coming. Let's kill him and throw him down a well. We'll say, a wild beast killed him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Reuben, Leah's firstborn and the oldest of the brothers, said, Don't kill him. We don't need any bloodshed. Let's just throw him down the well. Reuben planned to return to the well later so he could rescue Joseph. When Joseph approached his brothers, they tore off his multicolored coat and threw him down into an empty well. Then the brothers went away and sat down to a meal. I guess it wasn't weighing too heavily on their conscience. When the brothers looked up, they saw a band of Ishmaelites on their way down to Egypt. Judah, Jacob's fourth son, saw the men coming and said, Let's not kill our brother Joseph. Let's sell him to the the Ishmaelites so his blood won't be on our head. After all, he is our brother. Unknown to the brothers, however, was that during that interval, Joseph had been discovered by a passing group of Midianite traders who took him out of the well, and they, and they sold him to the Ishmaelite caravan for 20 shekels of silver, and Joseph was taken down to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the well, he found Joseph missing. In anguish, Reuben tore his clothes and informed the brothers. Joseph's cloak was dipped in goat's blood, so his father would think that he had been killed. When he saw it, Jacob, too, tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned greatly. Little did he know that Joseph had been sold as a slave in Egypt to Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's guard. Now, please bear with me as we consider chapter 38. Here we read an isolated story about Judah. This chapter seems such a departure from the Joseph narrative that textual critics suggest it may have been inserted there by a different author. However, I believe that the Lord is trustworthy and true, and so is his word. Even if the purpose seems unclear at first, this narrative is crucial, which hopefully will become evident as the story unfolds. We read about Judah, who, after convincing his brothers to spare the life of Joseph, departs from them. He marries a woman named Shua and has three sons named Er, Onan, and Shelah. The oldest son, Er, marries a woman named Tamar. 
but the Lord kills Er because of his evil ways. So Judah has Onan marry Tamar in obedience to the command of Torah about preserving a brother's name. But Onan refuses to give her a child because he would be his brother's heir and not his own. So Onan is also struck down for his evil. At this point, Judah is afraid to give his youngest son, Shelah, to Tamar, fearing he will lose his only remaining son. So he breaks his oath and withholds him from her. Tamar, realizing she will not be given to Shelah, takes matters into her own hand. She disguises herself as a prostitute, and Judah, long since widowed, comes to her, and she becomes pregnant with twins. At the time of their birth, the first one puts out a hand, and the midwife ties a red cord around it so they would know who was the firstborn. Then as the hand is drawn back, the second twin breaches through and is born first. This twin is named Perez, meaning breach. And his his brother was named Zerah, meaning seed. In this story, we see that Judah is concerned that he will not have an heir, a son, to continue his lineage. Now, this is not just some heir-raising tale. It is an essential part of the overall story of Genesis. Judah is the one through whom will come the seed of the woman, promised by God in Genesis 3 after the fall of mankind. Therefore, if Judah does not have an heir, mankind will not have a Messiah. But God's hand is, all, God's hand is always at work, and he accomplishes his will, even if in spite of us. Even though both Judah and Tamar had sinned, God's promises do not change. So through this otherwise dismal situation, the messianic line is preserved. And from the birth of Perez would descend the Messiah and our salvation, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Yeshua of Nazareth, who has saved mankind from sin and will return to to reign forever on the throne of King David. This prophecy is described in these words from Micah chapter 5. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old, even from everlasting. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall abide, for now he shall be great unto the ends of the earth. In chapters 39 and 40, we rejoin Joseph in Egypt. Joseph worked for Potiphar, and he had prospered. But Potiphar's wife became attracted to Joseph and had tried to seduce him. Joseph remained faithful to his master and refused her advances. Resentful and angry, she falsely accused Joseph of trying to rape her and had him thrown in prison. While Joseph was there, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker were also imprisoned. One night, both of them had dreams and told them to Joseph who was able to interpret them. He told them that the baker would be put to death, but the cupbearer will be restored to service for the pharaoh. And that's exactly what happened. Joseph had asked the cupbearer to put in a good word with pharaoh on his behalf, but the cupbearer forgot all about it for two years. And it's at this point where this week's parasha comes to an end. 
So here are some reflections on this somewhat unique and perhaps difficult passage of scripture. Joseph seemed to be a man of great integrity. He was not one to just take the path of least, least resistance when presented with a challenge, but worked diligently. He turned away from temptation, even though doing so landed him in trouble. When Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker were despondent because no one could interpret their dreams, Joseph sought to help them. He could have boasted or used his interpretive talents for personal prosperity, but instead he said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? I think this humble acknowledgement of the Creator shows us that Joseph's heart, shows us Joseph's heart as a man who realized that God is God and we are not. Even though his integrity brought him much surus or hardship, it also earned Joseph a unique and important place in history. Perhaps most tellingly is that one of the Messiah's titles is Ben Yosef, son of Joseph, a name depicting the Messiah as a suffering servant who would bear the sins of mankind, yet be despised and rejected by his brothers, his people. In this way, Joseph perfectly foreshadowed Messiah, Yeshua. We've also seen Joseph's brother Judah, who who was respected among his brothers, but got caught up in an unseemly affair with Tamar. Yet from this continued the succession to the promised seed of the woman, who would ultimately crush the head and wipe out Satan forever. This is the picture of the the conquering king Messiah, who will return to lead his people in eternal victory. Yeshua died once for, for us all, humbling himself and overcoming death. Now he is the king of righteousness, waiting for all of us who will believe in his name and be led in his glory. I pray you do not walk away this day without this truth reigning in your hearts and affirming it with your mouths. May the Lord bless you with this truth. Amen.